What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about tragedy plus marriage equals what? And when is that coming up? Right now. so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's show. That's right. We are live today. We do not have an interview today. Instead, instead, we have an awesome, awesome episode ahead. I am here with the always gorgeous, look at her, look at her, people. <laughs> the always gorgeous, Miss Christy. How are you, love? I'm good. My foot still hurts. If my foot still hurts. <laughs> so if you don't know, okay, we have a lot to tell you. She's tall today, though. Notice how much taller she is in this episode. Because we haven't been... <laughs> We haven't went been live in a while because we've had interviews. Yeah, it's been probably but a couple weeks. I'm having to have a daily wound cleaning done, okay? My foot hurt. Yeah, we should have her whip that foot out and show everybody. No. This is pretty gross. But it's healing. It's wrapped. It is wrapped. Yeah. We can unwrap it, though. No. It'd be like a Christmas gift. It's like, we're going to wrap this thing so everybody can see it. You know all those videos you can watch? That's you know, where Nightmare people, like, Before Christmas kind of stuff. Yeah, where people dig that stuff, though. They, like, watch <sighs> people pick their scabs and all that stuff. Oh, man, that'll make me throw up. Yeah, it's gross. No. So, anyway, so do you want to fill everybody in on all of our... I think what's good, we can intertwine yeah, all of that within yeah, our episode. Yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. yeah. So we can kind of. That's going to be part of the episode. Yeah, so we're not telling you right now. <laughs> you don't get to know. So if you're on YouTube right now, please do us a favor and like and uh, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell notification to let you know when we do go live, when we upgrade or upload and, uh, new videos and things of that nature. If you're on Facebook, make sure you uh, hit the like button and share, 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 and share <laughs> right? Let's make Mark Zuckerberg not have any money by doing the the thing where we can just share this episode. Yeah, meta. Right? Meta. Right? We're not talking about Facebook, we're talking about meta. <laughs> so anyway, we want to encourage you that if you find any type of value in this, please hit share, 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 like, and subscribe. Okay. Share it if you don't get value. I don't care. Okay. Just share. <laughs> Even if you're in entertained to some degree, right? We'll let you know though that if you did not know, we have a live in-person event coming up. It is November 5th. It is a marriage event designed for blended families. The theme this year is called Restored. If you haven't had an opportunity to come to this event, you want to make sure that you get your chance right now. Sign up. It is free. You get a chance in a drawing to win our grand prize, which is worth over $750. And if you do it before October 1st, if you do, you get two times a chance to win in the drawing. You have to be present to win that though, but make sure that you sign up today. Joshandchristie.com. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. There we go. She's wiggling all around. I know because her foot's bugging my out. foot. It's her foot. She put it up before we got on this episode, and that was a mistake. She shouldn't have lifted it above. Well, the problem is, is I have to take my boot off to ice it, and it feels better when I put it up. And it actually feels better if I have my boot on when it's down because I can set it down. And it's not putting pressure you on want my toe. Step on it. You put a little pressure on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's dive right in, okay? So the very first thing we want to talk about when it comes to tragedy and marriage, right? So we know for a fact, no matter what, depending on how long you've been married, you have something that's happened in your marriage you were not expecting. 
right? There is some form of tragedy that happens. It's guaranteed it's going to happen, whether it's a loss of a loved one, it's some type of unforeseen accident that's happened. There is things that happen within your marriage. You have to ask your question though, of your marriage, right? Tragedy plus your marriage equals what? Does it mean that your marriage is getting stronger or that it's creating a divide in your marriage? You have to ask yourself, if you're part of a blended family, tragedy is frequent, right? And you have to ask yourself, is this bringing us closer together in our marriage and in our family or is it making it divide and get uh, further apart? And you have to ask yourself that. So that's why we wanna do this episode today. All right. So the first thing we want to talk about when it comes to tragedy and marriage is number one, you have to learn how to be open about your struggle, be open about your struggle. And that's hard. I think that's hard, harder to do for, for men. If I'm going to be honest, than I agree. for okay. women only because, uh, women, we tend to verbalize more of what we're thinking and things like that. Uh, maybe not necessarily with everyone, but with our spouses usually or our closest friends and the men, you know, society has, they've been raised to be strong and tough and, you know, to be the rock and all of these things for the family. So it's hard for them to open up about their struggles for multiple reasons. I mean, sometimes women, you know, say, I want a man that can be vulnerable. But then when their man is vulnerable, they're just like, why can't they suck it up and quit being a baby, you know? And so you have to realize as a female, the double standards that we put on men so true. and so true. they both people need to be able to be open about their struggles. So I'm going to be use us as an example. So I had to have foot surgery and I was very nervous for the months leading up to my foot surgery, basically about the IV. So now I, that's the least of my concerns. <laughs> so, uh, I get there to get the surgery and I have my IV and all of these things. And then I have to go a week after the surgery. I had bunion surgery, but they had to take my bone out and they put a plate in some screws. I had a drill bit break off in my foot that they left in there because it would have caused more damage. That should have been a red flag. Number one of how this was going to go. <laughs> and so oh, then, man. uh, I have it wrapped up for a week. Okay. The ace bandage was wrapped too tight. That's Regardless, I ended up in the hospital like the day after my surgery. I was in such excruciating pain and it come to find out that the hospital couldn't figure out. Apparently we had to call my doctor the next day, um, on speed dial and the ace bandage was too tight. But anyway, I go after a week and they unwrap my foot and they're like, man, your foot's kind of red and swollen. You know, it must be the bandage must be irritating it. And they wrap it back up for another week. And then I go back to the doctor and then they unwrap it and they're like, oh man, was this blister here before? And Josh, yeah, I think we could see it coming out before. Man, yeah, something. Maybe your boots rubbing it, and they wrap it back up for a week. Then I go back the next week, and they're like, "Holy crap! Like we need to put an una boot on you." So they put an una boot on me for a week. It's like a cast that you have to cut it off. Swelling is bad. Yeah. So things, then yeah. it's on for a week, and I go back the next week. They cut the una boot off, and basically the doctor's like, "We have to prepare you for the worst." Because it was like not good. Like there was black, and like it was just not good. Yeah, my skin was. Conc- I haven't looked at it, people. Okay, that's a whole other episode in and of itself. So it was like concaving in all the stuff, and they were like, well, "We're going to put the santal cream on it." That's a long story. Google it. They put another una boot on it afterwards. I went back in a week, and it looked like it was getting better. So I put another una boot on it for a week with more Santal cream. And now we're to get the, you know, cut it off. Josh has to wound clean it. Okay. So I had just gotten after all of this, just gotten cleared. Josh was having to drive me back and forth to work 
every day because I couldn't drive. And I was started struggling with depression because I would be at work. I'd basically sit. I'm supposed to drive around for my job. Okay. So I was sitting in one office every day for four weeks and four or five weeks and keeping my foot up. And then he'd come pick me up. I'd come home and I'd basically sit with my foot up because I couldn't be weight bearing. I was on a knee scooter. I wasn't going grocery shopping. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't going to celebrate recovery. I was basically home. I started not realizing it, but I started really getting apathetic and being like kind of depressed, you know, not sleeping well, all these things. So on that Tuesday, I, I was cleared to be able to start driving myself. I'm still in a boot, but I can walk in my, in my walking boot so I can drive myself. So Tuesday, we, we, we at least got some good news. My foot, we're not out of the clear yet, right? We have to wound clean it every day. It sucks so bad. So we already have all that going on. He's being my rock in this instance, all of these things. So no, Sunday we are celebrating his birthday. Monday is his birthday. So you should have told the story before we started the point. Then that way it leads into all of this. Oh man. Okay. Well, we can go back to the point. (laughs) We've only said the point. We can go back to the point. So Sunday, I get cleared that Thursday. You can start driving yourself. So Josh and I decided we're going to wait until I have to go back to work that Tuesday. So Sunday, September 5th was going to be his birthday, Monday. So Sunday, we celebrate his birthday with the family. Everybody comes over. My grandma's there. My grandma is, um, eats an ice cream sandwich and then starts saying like, oh, I don't feel well, blah, blah, blah. She goes home. My uncle ends up taking her that night, Sunday night to the hospital. And they found out she has like a 40 year hernia. Okay. In her. And that led to heart problems after the surgery, all this stuff. She's still in the hospital or now a rehab facility as later, weeks later. So it's been almost, it's been two and a half weeks. It's been 15 days because yeah. yeah. So fine. the next day was his birthday. So we found out my grandma went to the hospital. Monday, we go up, visit her in the hospital. We're supposed to go out to dinner for his birthday with all of our kids. And Graydon texts us and said our chihuahua, Nala, started having seizures. So then we we cancel his birthday celebration. We go home to be with Nala. Tuesday, I drive myself to work. Yay. That's kind of one ray of hope. He has to take Nala to the vet, all this stuff. Then Thursday, that Thursday, so three days after my grandma's in the hospital, Josh gets in a rollover accident, like rolled his car uh, multiple times, right? So the only silver lining to that was I was able to drive because if I hadn't been able to drive, I don't know what we would have done in that instance. So it turned into point number one. Be open about your struggle. It turned into, I was struggling with a lot. So I struggled with my foot. Then I struggled with my grandma going in the hospital. Him and I kind of had a shared struggle with Nala because she's both of our dogs. Mm -hmm. But then it turned into, yes, him being in a rollover accident was a struggle for me, but he's okay. He's the one that had to go through that rollover. And so then he ended up having to deal with a mental struggle. Yeah, he survived, but you get kind of like PTSD after Mm -hmm. you've been through something like that. And that's why I let it with like men. It's harder for men because he had to really break down and, and break through his pride and open up to me about his struggle when I'm sure he's dealing with, correct me if I'm wrong, like you're like, Christy's dealing with this daily wound cleaning already. She's in pain every single day. Mm -hmm. She has an open incision that's infected and all of these things, but I'm struggling emotionally and I need to be able to talk to her about that. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is about being open though and being honest is knowing that you have a spouse that you can be open and honest with about these struggles and knowing that my wife isn't going to look at me and be like, 
you're fine. Like you walked away from this thing, which I shouldn't have. And right. you're fine. And right. look at all these other things. Like my foot is a problem right now. Our car is going to get replaced. It's fine. But that's not how it was. Right. So being open and honest. And I was, and I even had someone else ask me like, you okay. And I'm like, like, I don't think I am right now. And I'm still kind of recovering a little bit from it. I still mm -hmm. don't, I'm still not a hundred percent mentally and emotionally about this, you know, but being open and honest about this and saying that it's okay that I'm that way is a hard thing. Yeah. And sometimes we get real comfortable in our roles and our relationship and our marriage and in our family yeah. and in work to where it's like, no, I just need to suck it up and do it. And there has been, it's been rough the last, you know, 10 days uh, mm -hmm. for me and falling back into routine and getting back into it and doing the thing driving you know, and driving. And it's like all these things, right? I mean, your car rolls twice and flips up and I mean, I had to crawl out of my car upside down. Like it was just crazy. And you know, it's, it's hard to get, but my wife isn't like, Josh, you have to do this. You have to do this. This needs to get done. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're fine. Like, it's none of that. And we realize like, this has been some tragedy. And if my spouse isn't going to be supportive in this, like, what's the result of our relationship? What's the outcome of that? Because that's what matters the most. Because we have to look at the way that our relationship works with God, right? So mm. we talk about praising God in the storm. We actually have a, an old episode that we did about praising God in the storm. But it's about understanding, like, it's easy to say, oh, I love you so much, God, when things are great and he's blessing us and things are awesome. But what about when things are really hard and things aren't going the way that we expect them to go? Are we like, God, you know what? We're just going to trust you in this. And the way we're able to do that is putting in the work and understanding that we can be vulnerable with God during those times. And we have to recognize that our relationship and our marriage is the same exact way. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be open about the struggles that we have and feel like it's a safe place to share. Would you not agree? Yeah. And I, but I want you to also talk about, uh, like we say, be open about your struggle and like you agreed with me and I would like to know like how many men and women agree with this, but women that tends to be easier with. So how, I mean, cause you weren't open about your struggles initially in the beginning of our relationship no, because of all of the, you know, responsibility that I think you and a lot of men put on their shoulders. I mean, how have you came to working through? Yes, I understand that I have been a support in that too, but I wasn't always the greatest support about that either. So how did you work through that to be able to um, feel safe enough for yourself internally, no matter what the outcome was going to be for me? To open up to me about your struggle because you knew it would strengthen our relationship or grow you or well, whatever. Of course, of course. But I always look at it like, you know, you've always been so understanding even though things were tough, right? So even though you were, quote unquote, not being strong, you always, like it, the needle always moved forward. Okay. Like it was never like one day things were different. It just was never like that. Right. It was eventually over time. It just, everything began to kind of swing around, which over time I got became more comfortable and more comfortable and more mm -hmm. comfortable. And then of course, like any guy, it's like, I got to tip my toe in it and see if it's safe Yeah. by sharing and being open about something that's going on. And then the feedback that I would got back was favorable. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is safe. This is safe waters. There's not sharks in this water. Right. You know? And so it's now it's, I feel more comfortable sharing. And then that just has, has developed into I really do feel very comfortable sharing where like I feel so much comfortable sharing about things that I struggle with now with you that I'm not worried about what you're going to think of me right right because I do bounce back yeah I do have a bounce back mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable knowing that sometimes that bounce back takes a while mm -hmm. and sometimes it doesn't so would you say though that with guys 
Like when you and I first got together, if you would have tipped your toe in it within the first couple of years, which I'm not saying is fair. Right. Right. But I probably would have been like, suck it up. You're the man. You know, I probably would have been within the first couple of years. So how would you explain to another guy? Because I want to help some of the guys out there in their relationships, like to be able to tell when to tip their toe in it. Like to see, well, I think and how to be brave enough to do it. Well, I think it it comes down to having conversations and testing the water and those types of things. Having and then open not stop conversations, absolutely, and consistently doing it. I think it's really with with me. It's I'm a very gar- I'm a very guarded person anyway. You know that. Mm-hmm. I'm a very protective person overall. He's and- the I'm fine always. He was in an ambulance yeah. and they were trying to check him over, and he's not really all there i could tell by the look on his eyes and he's just like i'm fine doesn't really hurt and i'm just like you're going to the hospital but you read it though and knew that i didn't want to go in the the ambulance to the hospital and you said i will take you and i was like okay yeah and the first thing i did is i turned around and looked at you and like what do you think i should do yeah and so the i fine was i'm fine but she was there and i felt comfortable with that yeah right relaying back to you saying that but it is it's a matter of time it's about tipping your toe in a little at a time and sometimes it is about getting bit sometimes we don't get the response that we're asking for as men because we're very sensitive egos and knowing that okay this was not favorable today doesn't mean that it's not going to be different tomorrow right and i had to continuously work on it over the years and in a lot of ways our relationship has flipped you know it flips back and forth but it does it, but it flipped mm-hmm. you know and sometimes it's like okay christy has to like she has to put the, the man pants on and get busy on supporting in a specific way when times when i'm struggling and then until I'm good. And it's something that, uh, you know, she does because she knows and understands the way that God has placed her in my life and in our lives. And she knows her position per God, you know? And so that to me is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to mute this. Okay. Because I don't know why it's just going off so loud. So anyway, so that's the first thing, right? Be open about your struggle. This is what's going to bring your marriage together stronger when you're struggling, when there is a bunch of tragedy. So the second thing is be patient with your spouse. Be patient with your spouse. So how you can be patient with your spouse (laughs) is you have to learn how to be stronger for yourself. And that's really how you can be patient with your spouse. So a lot of times you have to look internally, like most things in life, and that's what a lot of us don't want to do. Our natural default is to not even realize that we're pointing to the other person or thinking negative things about the other person. So you have to learn to say, okay, I'm being impatient or uh, I'm being unsympathetic in this situation. Why am I being... uh, maybe suck it up. Like if I was going to look at Josh and say, oh, you just need to suck it up. Why am I like that? Am I fearing him not being the rock? Am I fearing Mm -hmm. him being vulnerable and that I would have to maybe take that space for a minute to be his rock for him? Why would I fear that? Is there an insecurity inside of me that makes me feel like I wouldn't live up to the standard that he has set because he does such a good job? And you have to then go through all of that stuff with yourself because if you're being impatient with your spouse, it's usually because there's a lack of your own self-awareness or your own self, um, 
confidence mm. in that specific area. And that's why you're being impatient or judgmental or critical of them in that situation because you don't want to take over or you're fearful yeah. of it or you're insecure in a certain way. So you do have to learn how to be patient with your spouse. But a lot of time that patience level, it stems back to you. Patience, though, patience and distance is two different things. And I think a lot of times we think patient means I need to back off yeah, and stay, keep distance. No, it doesn't. Patient means you need to work through it with your partner, work through whatever's going on, which means more communication, yeah. but more soft communication, yes. right? Yes. Not like direct, uh, you know, verbal attacks or that's not the type Passive of aggressive comments. Passive aggressive comments. That's not what it needs to be done. It yeah. needs to be, honey, what do I need to do? What, what can I do to help? I don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. Okay. And then the next day, honey, what can we, I don't want to talk about it. Great. I think we should though. I think we need to. Let's talk about what's going on. I want you to know I'm here to support you. I love you. I care about you. I'm not telling you that you need to get over anything. Like we need to open yeah. up the level of communication and let patience be there, not distance, not, okay, well, I'm not ready to deal with that then. And so you, patience then, my patience is just going to be, I'm just going to ignore and walk away for now and give space. And that's just not what patience is. And I think it's easy to say I'm patient with it because I'm ignoring it. Yeah. Or I'm not engaging with it. Because like you said, the whole suck it up, you know, mm -hmm. deal with it, all this stuff. So my patience is I'll just I'll just leave you alone then. Yeah. Well, and I think like for us, for our relationship, I had an unhealthy viewpoint and sometimes still do of men because of my history with men. So in the beginning, like we said, if Josh would have been open and vulnerable with me, my thing would be like. I don't care. Like, suck it up. And that's because I had an unhealthy viewpoint of men. Like, I really did. And so now, instead of me being like, oh, my gosh, he's such a baby. Like, why does he when I wouldn't want that response from him to me? You know, yep. uh, when he did come to me after this, you know, we've been together for 11 years now and we are have worked on it and are continuing to work on it. And he was like, I'm really struggling today. I didn't know that because we're texting throughout the day. We're really not talking. I'm at work. He's busy doing his things. So we're just texting. So his text messages don't aren't coming across like he's struggling. He didn't say he was struggling. We were just texting back and forth. I get home. The normal routine's going on. He's making dinner. He gives it to me. He's acting normal. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it was, I am not doing well today. After uh, everything else was done. And mm -hmm. I had to, like, stop myself for a second and, like, look at him. Because it it took me off guard. Because I didn't pick up on it when I first. So, first off, I was hurt a little about myself you know, at myself that I didn't pick up on it. But then it's so fast now how quickly I get over that because attitude would have came out in the beginning years ago because I was frustrated with myself that I didn't realize it. And mm. then I'm all going through like, oh, he would have noticed with me like right away and he's a better partner to me and I suck, you know, and all this stuff. But instead I instantly reversed that and went back to like, what do you need me to do? Like, what's going on? Do you need me to do something? Do you want to sit down? Do you want to lay down? And I started having to ask him questions to figure out. And he honestly didn't know. So then we had to talk about it. Yeah. It's like he's never had the feeling of anxiety or, or just impending doom. Yeah before. And that is, you know, uh, P a little PTSD and it's a little like of emotional things that he's dealing with from being in a near death experience, a traumatic experience. And sometimes 
that's just your body like releasing. So we had to talk through those things. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because she's sitting here and she, we're talking about this and she's using phrases like, you know, as a reference to just what she would think late early on, you know, like, don't be a baby. And I'm thinking to myself, these are the reasons why I don't want to say anything. Right. You know, these are the reasons why, but I don't think those things now though, but she doesn't think those things. And I'm not saying that I'm just oh, okay. using it as an example of like yeah. what we're talking about right now. Yeah. It's like my mind automatically wants to revert and say, yeah, this is the reason why. And we have to understand like our marriage has to be strengthened through this stuff. So I'm standing in the kitchen debating on whether I'm going to say anything. Yeah. Right. Because I'm already We've been together for 11 years. Yeah. Isn't these, that sad? And these are the things that I'm all that are going through my mind already. Like I shouldn't be feeling this way. I'm fine. What's going on? This right. is stupid. Like right. you're being dumb. Like I'm thinking all these things. You're being a baby. Right. All these things. But I have to fight against that and say, no, my marriage is a safe place. Christy is a safe person yeah. for me. And I have to open up about it. Right. I have to be open about it and doing that doesn't weaken me or my relationship or Christie's viewpoint of me. It strengthens our relationship, yeah. right? Because instead of just having this, lo this low depth relationship and it's wide, we're growing deep now. We're doing things yeah. that are uncomfortable and we're not, you know, we're using the tragedies that are happening around us to really grow deeper roots in our relationship. So I can feel comfortable coming to her with the little, little things that I'm worried about and feeling instead of waiting for something to get real deep and grow and then come to her, you know, and I think it's just so important that we understand that, but she's patient with me and I'm patient with her. I've taught her patience over all these years. I want to be patient. I think Christy deserves more patience than anybody on this planet. I believe that because I think that she's deserves it more than anybody. And I see her that way. I want more for her than I want for myself or anything else on this planet. And so I have like this utmost level of patience for her. And she over the years now wants to have that for yeah. me. And that's my me instant response. Grows our relationship. That my instant response in that instance was I wanted to take care of him. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Like, because he's always been a caretaker for me. He deserves that. You know, like if mm -hmm. he's struggling right now. Like, what can I do for him in that moment to make sure that he feels okay? And the reason why that has also happened, though, is because over the course of our marriage, we've really put God at the center of it. Mm -hmm. And we are constantly praying for one another, constantly. And through prayer, God softens our hearts, too. Mm -hmm. So God has softened, given him the patience for me. God has softened me over the years to be able to allow him to feel safer than to also not have just have the patience for me, but also then trust me that I can be safe for him too. Yeah. And that has been, you know, cause going into your marriage, you each are going to have things that you need to have worked on. And ultimately the person, the only person that can change you from the inside out is God. You really need to be praying for God, for your spouse, but for God to also give you wisdom, discernment, and to make you a stronger person for your spouse. And then that will be, uh, spiritual thing in that moment. You know, I was so grateful that Josh walked away from that accident unscathed. I mean, he had a few bumps and bruises, but ultimately unscathed, unhurt uh, physically. I was so grateful for life. I was so grateful that Friday morning just to be going to work and having mm -hmm. it be a regular Friday and nothing else happening that when I come home from work and he says he's not, I'm already in a state of gratefulness. So whatever he needs in that moment, I want to give him mm -hmm. because he is dealing with something different because he's the one that went through it. I was on the outside just being grateful for the outcome 
He's the one that has to now deal with the whole process. Yes, he's grateful that he survived and he's not hurt, but he also now has to deal with the psychological and mental thing. And that's what happens. Like Josh said at the beginning of the episode, uh, blended families have tragedy. Everyone has tragedy. You're going to have tragedy within your life. And it's important. God already knows what you're going to deal with 11 years into your relationship. God already knew when him and I got together that 11 years, almost 12 years from then, that this was going to happen in our life. And so he's been grooming us through that time to soften me and to be able to do that. And that's what he he's preparing you. He's preparing you for the battles that your marriage is going to face because that this is the union that God has blessed on earth mm. and Satan wants nothing more than to divide marriages. And that's why we started this podcast. Okay, you, if you got divorced and you're remarried, this marriage, God still wants to last, make work. Mm. So it's, I mean, you think because the devil won in one marriage, he's not going to still try. I mean, three, four, five times. People have been married five times. Mm. Like you still need to put God in the center of it. It's so, so important. I think it's understanding, like, you, you know, you mentioned it, but I think it's important to not skip over it, uh, you know, about being me being vulnerable to Christ is what gives me an opportunity to be vulnerable to my wife. Yeah. And that is a really hard thing for guys to do. I mean, the statistics are alarming, especially when it comes to if the man starts going to church with the, if he has a family that is unchurched and he begins going to church, mm-hmm. like 80% of the time, all of his family goes to church. But if the wife goes to church, it's like something really low. It's like 20% of the time the rest of the family goes to church. And so I have to find my role in my family, but also in my, my role as a man under God and being vulnerable to him and allowing him to work in my heart, work in my mind, work in my spirit and allowing everything to flow from that gives me this opportunity and my wife, uh, to have this depth in our, our marriage. And it's hard. We don't want tragedy. Mm-hmm. We don't want tragedy. We want everything to go smooth and easy and wonderful all the time. And sometimes we have seasons like that. We have had seasons like that, yeah. right? But this is not that season. No. But this is the season, though, that we know that tragedy plus marriage is going to equal what? We're bound and determined to make our marriage stronger with this, not weaker. And that's why we want to talk about this so much. So make sure that you're using patience, right? That's the second thing. You have to also, though, let's just be honest, okay? We like to know things, but then fight against it when we read them, okay? So God says in the Bible that the man is supposed to be the leader of the home, okay? And we're like, no, no. Like, I run everything, okay? My husband doesn't do anything. But why do you think naturally in all of the world well, in America, that it has been wait until dad gets home or I'm going to tell your dad when your dad gets home. There is a core natural design inside women and children to to want to honor, fear, respect, whatever word you want to put on it, the man. And we don't want to talk about that because it's like, oh, no, women are equal to men. We are equal in God's eyes, yes, but we have different roles that he has commanded of us. And when we can honor those and submit to God, Like he said, when we submit to God, it makes it so much easier to see that God has ordained and guided things because he is knows what's best. And if we just align with those, our lives are even when we're going through tragedy, we have peace. We have peace about it. We have strength about it. We have an understanding about it. So when you fall into that, 
There is a reason why even the unchurched people say without knowing, wait until your dad gets home. There's a reason why. It's because that's the way it's designed to be. It's funny because we, you know, and we're kind of branching a little bit. Yes, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I think it's healthy, though. Because we kind of talk about the word submit, and we've talked about it before. You know, this is just, it's like an ugly word in society today, right? Because the Bible talks about wives submit to your husbands. Well, I think the healthy way to look at submission is to look at, like, if you're willing to truly submit to God first, submitting to your husband isn't the problem, right? (laughs) That's not the problem. That word isn't the problem. None of that's the problem. And the same thing, like, loving my wife like with my life, like truly like giving her all of who I am and uh, not being selfish and not being these things, not being prideful is really hard to do, but it's so much easier if I'm doing this with Christ first, right? So if we look at the way that the hierarchy of life is, which we talked about earlier, is if we look at God first in all of these things. We look at uh, being open with our struggle with God first. Going to our spouse yeah, is much so easier. Good. If we look at being patient with our spouse, it's so much easier if we're willing to go to God first with these things and then go to our spouse. We have to make sure that we're we're, we're aligning our lives the way that Christ has done that. And we stop, we don't get lost up in the phrasing and the wording. Yeah. Right? We don't get lost up in that. So number three, right? The third thing is that, that if we want to do uh, have a positive outcome in our, our, our marriage, if tragedy is present, is we need to make sure that we remain hopeful for the future. You probably can't hear that, but our Frenchie is straight gagging right now. It's hilarious. The snort gag. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's super funny. <laughs> so Be hopeful for the future. <laughs> So be hopeful, like I mentioned it earlier, is you have to believe. So that's the thing. That's the thing in Christianity is that you hope and believe. I'm sorry. I got the giggles now because she's still down. That's what she's doing. Because they're like little piglets. So, but you do have to believe and be hopeful of your future. So, and a lot of times, what's the the avenue that that comes from? It comes through gratefulness and thankfulness. Mm. So when you can sit back and stop critiquing for a minute and stop comparing and stop thinking about everything, like I should have new floors through my house because my carpet's disgusting from my dog's like, you know, have peed. I was going to say leaked. Um, peed, <laughs> peed all on it. And uh, we should have new cabinets because our cabinets are falling apart and we should have a new vehicle. We need a new driveway. We need like, instead of focus, focusing on all those things, I need to focus on like, we have a house that our kids have grown up in and they find it a safe place to come to and all of their friends to come to to hang out. And we have the a job that pays for the bills and we have a wonderful church community and we have a safe marriage that yeah. we could talk to each other about some the the evil thoughts that go through our heads that that's what makes us to have self-loathing a lot of us but we have a relationship that we can talk about those evil thoughts out loud yeah. and we can talk through them to help us grow or laugh about them because we know how stupid it is that's the stuff you start thinking about all of that stuff and all of a sudden your perception change and you you can have a hope and a belief that our marriage is just going to get stronger our family is just going to get better yeah. our relationship with god is just and is every day like that no but you want to have more days like that than not. Yeah. And that's how you get to that is gratefulness and journaling and praying and reading your Bible. Pick her up real quick. Stand okay. her up so she stops doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's hard to focus. We're sorry. 
It's like it's outlandishly loud down here. So the point is of being hopeful for the future is meaning and knowing and understanding that what's going what's going on right now is not forever. There's a season for everything. And it's so important that we understand that when we remain hopeful in our marriage, we don't get the impending doom feeling all the time. We have an opportunity. Oh, we have an opportunity, though, to share the things with our spouse, but still remain hopeful for the future. And I think it's just so important that we do that. Because the goal is, was when things get real heavy in our marriage, that we're prepared in that time to be able to last that season and move on past that and know that our marriage is going to be stronger on the other end of it. You know, we have Christy's grandma is super sick. Christy's foot's all messed up. I'm in a rollover near-death car accident. Nala's having seizures. Nala's having seizures, but, and this all within a week, right? Two weeks. But we do know, we do know that the future is going to be okay. We know that. We know that. So we don't allow that hopeless feeling to seep in and affect the outcome of what our marriage is. No. And I think it's, I just think it's so important that you remember that. So yeah. as a way of review, okay, the three things. Be open about your struggle, be patient with your spouse, and be hopeful for the future. We have to look at our what's going on right now if we have tragedy that's going on, how it affects our marriage, and what type of outcome we want for that marriage. Yeah, and I would say um, the great thing about it is, I know this is so cliche, but uh, no matter where you are in your marriage right now, like Josh and I, our, our marriage is so good. And even on the weeks uh, or the day that him and I are just like... You know, it's still, if you, we each, I'm sure I can speak for him too, sit back in that moment and be like, oh my gosh, he, like, I'm so mad right now, but I love him so much. I'm never like that. And whatever. Our relationship is just so good that I can be mad at him and I don't question anything else though. I know I'm just mad. We're going to be fine. We're going to get over it. But that's a powerful thing. Like, the old Christy in my old marriage, I literally used to be like, uh, oh, you're mad. Oh, you're mad. I used to like want to be mad all the time and want to talk about those things. And now in a healthy relationship that has taken us 11 years and will continue to take us to even get stronger because we're by no means perfect. Yeah. I will be like, we're better than this. It only takes me a few minutes and I'm just like, oh, we're so better than this. I don't even understand. Like, I don't want to fight. You know, like, I don't want to fight with you right now. And then we just, I want to get over it. I don't want to be mad. I don't want to be right and and dig my heels in and die on this hill. I don't want to do that in our marriage. I don't. I, I want us to be good. I want us to be on the same page. I want to compromise. And that was not the case when we first got together. No. I, I No, we wanted to die on every hill. Yeah. Like I need to make a stand. I'm You're like, not going to pull trying, me around. You're not he's trying me to sell me. He's trying to manipulate me. He is trying to win me and he is trying to like break me like a horse. <laughs> like and a it is not going to happen, you know? <laughs> like so, no. And he was the guy that I'm just like he always gets what he wants. He's a great salesperson. He can always convince people, "Not me, not this one." You know? So, so it's it took work. It took work. And now I have won her and I did it without selling her. That's true. That's the truth. Yeah. You do it through love. He's so earned it. I've earned it. Put my stripe, got my stripes. <laughs> 
Tragedy plus marriage, what does it equal in your relationship? You have to ask yourself, are you applying these things? Are you working hard on it? Your blended family deserves better than that. Your marriage deserves better than that. God deserves better out of the marriage that you, he has given you, he is offering you, he wants to bless it. So you have to ask yourself, what do you want out of this if there is tragedy? Look, if you haven't had a chance yet, please like, share, subscribe, hit the bell notification if you're on YouTube. If you haven't had a chance yet to check out our website, joshandchristy.com is where we are located. We do have an event coming up November 5th, right? It's coming up. Tickets are free right now. We don't attend those, expect those to last. It's free. And you do have a chance to win a $750 prize uh, for our event. So get signed up. So any parting words before we... Are gone? Oh, I've said enough today. We've, we've said enough. We have cotton mouth. Okay. <laughs> we want to thank you so much for being here. We're here every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you next week. Bye.